Hello and welcome to our Plant Vibes podcast where we will be talking about how to stay rooted, grow with intention, and find your flowers in the weeds. So today we are talking with Megan about embracing the change. Very relevant now based on a little bit of the crazy that's happening in our world. Um, Obviously change isn't always good, but we can embrace it and finding that silver lining There are a lot of flowers in the weeds of our lives right now, and it's just about looking for them and knowing how to find them. So today we are going to be talking about um, those silver linings and things that we've learned along the way. Uh, We're in this with you. We are going through this together, um, and we wanted to share just our approach to what is working, what isn't, um, and what we hope to keep and becomes kind of our new normal going forward. So I hope you will enjoy it. Please bear with us as this is our very first edition, so the technology issues may be there. Um, Sound quality may not be amazing, and we don't have any fancy music to lead in or lead out. But I hope you will enjoy this time with us, Um, and please leave comments and feedback and let us know what you think and what would you like to hear more of as Plant Vibes moves forward. So I should probably introduce myself before we get started. My name is Nita, and I am a health and wellness educator. I have been coaching for about nine years. Uh, Before that, I was in the corporate world, like many of you, working 24-7 and constantly connected. Um, I decided at some point that I needed to figure out what was missing, and I realized what was missing was within myself. So I began to find my own happiness from within, and now my mission is to help others create health, wellness, and happiness within their own lives. So I want to introduce Megan. She is a colleague of mine, a fellow coach, an amazing mom, and super inspirational. She motivates me every time that we talk. I learn something new, and I hope you will do the same today. I am Megan, and um, I've been working in public health um, for about eight years now in a mostly health educator capacity. And um, like Nita said, we are talking a lot about embracing the change with the current stay-at-home orders and quarantine going on. So my mission is kind of just to find silver linings and things, no matter how difficult they may be. Um, And so Nita and I have had some interesting conversations around that. Yeah. So to kind of put this in perspective, I am a mom of only one human, one canine, and um, married teen adult. That, uh, <laughs> that lives in our home as well um, for quite a while. And so um, I'm not coming from a place of having a lot of kids or, um, you know, a lot of kind of that on the ground responsibility like I would have been, you know, several years ago. Um, whereas Megan has a little more of that in her house right now. <laughs> so it gives a kind of a different perspective of our we're both in different stages of our lives right now. Um, but we do want to kind of put out this disclaimer disclaimer before we start talking um, is that we understand that everyone is able um, to really embrace the downtime. Maybe you are working, um, you know, around the clock still. Maybe you are one of those essential workers, um, the heroes on the front lines. Um, and, or maybe just not able to work from home or not able to kind of have any downtime through all this. Um, 
So we want to send out support, you know, and love to all of you as well, no matter how hard your days are. Um, and kind of focus a little bit on what we can do with what we have. Um, so as we move forward in our discussion today, we definitely don't want to downplay anybody who's struggling right now. Um, but we do want to, again, like Megan said, look for that silver lining where we can. Absolutely. Um, because I think the one of the first conversations to have around the silver linings of this is really setting up some intentional living behaviors because um, one of the first conversations we talked about was our different experiences grocery shopping or those everyday essentials. And um, and like Nita was saying, recognizing that the people that are working at the grocery store are still working every single day and don't really have that luxury of being home long enough to get bored during this or long enough to like really um, kind of stop and think about these different little silver linings that we're picking out. Or maybe they do. I don't know. Um, but for me, I know kind of one of those basic tasks that I do at least before was a, a couple times a week was running to the store and going for um, maybe multiple times in a week. And that's drastically changed now. And I kind of like it. Yeah, I have to say I went to the store today <laughs> and um, I haven't been in a while. I've actually been spoiling myself to order food in, um, not restaurant food, but grocery food. And the um, the differences at the grocery store. So some things that, you know, we had spoken about before was just the amount of things you used to feel like were good that now you have to be more careful of, like opening the door for somebody or reaching for something that somebody else can't reach, um, you know, and handing it to them is different now. And everything we, we touch in the store, um, we feel like we almost have to buy it because there's like, <laughs> you just can almost watch your journey train go through the go through the space and so um it's forced us to have to shop differently which means we spend hopefully less time and it's more intentional and more planning and um yeah what are your thoughts around yeah I mean I definitely I thought that I was I've always been pretty con conscious of things I'm touching in public spaces like I'm the person that uses a paper towel to open the bathroom door handle that kind of stuff but now first of all I haven't even used a public restroom since March when all this started so now not only do I not even open the door with a paper towel but I'm also like not picking items up just to kind of browse or peruse it's a little bit more where I like laser point it out my items with my eyes and I'm like, okay, that one. And then if I see something else that maybe I'm interested in looking at, maybe it has really cool branding or marketing on it, but I'm not familiar with it. So normally I would want to read the label. And now I think, well, if I pick it up, I have to buy it because I don't want to put it back and have someone think that I'm being inconsiderate and I don't want to be inconsiderate. So thinking about leaving my little germy fingerprints all over the store. Um, so then now it's just this like very kind of quick shopping trips 
that I used to really enjoy browsing around. And now I just try to get in and get out so that I'm not, for one, taking up space and two, content, you know, bringing home something with me because I don't want to bring that into my household and expose my family either. So it's this weird kind of dance. And I think, you know, this might be a new a new good behavior because before reading labels was a new good behavior that I had adopted. We talked about um, this from a nutrition label standpoint too. But even just reading the marketing and labeling on a package, now I think, oh, it's really not necessary to touch that and I'll look it up online when I get home. And then the next time I'm at the store, maybe that'll be an opportunity to pick up the item. Um, so it's kind of interesting. And then I also greatly reduced, I don't go to the store now more than once a week. Um, so I have to get a little bit creative with things that I have at home, um, especially with cooking and, and different meals, because I'm not going to run to the store just to pick up a dressing or extra olive oil or something like that. Like it's going on the list and I'll get it next week. And until then, I'm Google searching substitutions and how to make, you know, whatever meal with these ingredients. So, which I think is really good because it, it kind of forces our hand at being savvy, which is what I assume people really had to rely on being just savvy, not necessarily having access to things at all times like we've been spoiled with for so long. Yeah, and do you find the expense has reduced like less um, impulse buying or do you feel like you're buying <laughs> more because I've already touched it so now I have to buy it? <laughs> well it's probably actually evened out because there's parts of me that I'm like well that's not really sometimes I'll convince myself that it's definitely not essential and I shouldn't be buying this right now but then on the other hand I'll be like well I should still be purchasing items so that these companies can you know make money and <laughs> I'll be like, and there'll be something to do. Like if I buy crayons or something for um, our toddler, it's like, well, she needs something to do anyway, and I can support the store. And then if I touch it, game over, I have to get it. And then other times, especially with my like Amazon delivery or like ordering things and shipping it, I've um, definitely reduced and saved a ton of money on that because I'm just trying to like, I want to say live smaller but not not in a negative way, just kind of be really mindful of my footprint or the trail I'm leaving and potential exposures. Um, because, you know, every time now every time that exposure is a is a risk. Um, which is really interesting. But if and it can be scary, but if you take it a step back from kind of a mindful perspective, um it kind of helps simplify things in your mind so that you have a little bit more discernment of what's essential and what's not. Um, and I think that's really a good way to live with a little bit more intentionality. And um, and I say this kind of giggling because then I think, oh, well, I bought bird seed at the beginning of all this from Amazon. And I'm like, was that really essential? But I thought it would be fun to have a bird feeder and do some bird watching while we're home. <laughs> yeah. So it really is that balancing act. Yeah, and I know when I'm out now, it, 
like I'm only going out once in a great while. And so when I do, it is intentional of going, you know, exactly to the spaces that I'll ask myself that normally I would have just stopped and not thought anything of it. And now I'm like, is that really, is this, is that essential? Do I need to be, <laughs> you know, do I need to be potentially, you know, giving anything to anybody or, or taking anything home if it's a place that I don't really need to stop? Um, right. But I think bird watching is definitely essential. <laughs> that would be, which we could talk, we'll talk about habits and, and new hobbies soon too. But I did notice when I got in the car today that I was still at a half tank and I have had a half tank for three months. And I mean, I've had, sorry, I started at a full tank. It's taken me three months to drop a half tank. And typically I would be through a half tank like each day. Um, mm-hmm. So just the realization of how much, you know, my life has changed in a positive way. Um, the places I necess- don't necessarily need to go gives me that time, you know, to do other things. And the amount of time in my car, <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but that was kind of sometimes my rest time was just sitting in a parking lot. and. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, going to the grocery store would take me an extra hour because some of that time might have been just sitting in the parking lot. <laughs> right. Because um, that was like my quiet time. And that's where I sometimes ate my lunch and doing everything on the road. And I'm realizing, you know, how much I can actually sit, you know, in my, like how long it took me to eat my lunch today was a huge example in that I'm always rushed and now I'm not. And that's such a nice mm-hmm. thing. Absolutely. I definitely feel you on the, um, with the car commutes and gas tanks, not necessarily for me, but for my husband, Nick. I mean, he drives to like about an hour to and from work each day. So that's two hours in the car and a lot of gas. And now he's working from home. And so like our monthly budget for gasoline (laughs) has kind of gone down and we've borrowed that money then to supplement all the groceries because we're not going out to restaurants or going over to our parents' house or something for dinner. So, um, you know, you just kind of move it around and it's, it is interesting how you can enjoy it and then kind of miss the commute. Like you enjoy not having to commute, but then you also miss the parts of your commute that were beneficial, like, um, just having some time alone, catching up on podcasts or books on tape or just that quiet time. So how are you managing that now? That's a good segue into, you know, what are, what are we doing now for, to get that quiet time? Or is it Um, funny you should ask? Cause I'm not sure today feels like a day where I'm like, I don't know if I get quiet time, but, (laughs) but that was just my feelings in the last, you know, few hours today. Um, But I think you have to figure out, with that extra time like what if you had that extra time added to your life what would you want to do with it now it's here so what are we doing um for me just being able to spend more time outside because we're here all day without any agenda for the weekends um and so it's just being home and then not since we have a toddler me not having to wait for nick to get home but he just simply walks up from the basement (laughs) Um, where his office is right now and he's home and we can go do family things like take the wagon and the little one and the dog and we go for a walk around the block in the neighborhood 
what have you been? Yes, so I have had, um, you know, I, we were talking about the other day, even without the toddler, <laughs> with the teenagers, wanting <laughs> to talk quite a bit, which I'm actually loving because it's something I wouldn't get otherwise. Um, we would both mm-hmm. be going such separate ways that this, um, so that's one of my silver linings is that with one more year of him at home to have this opportunity to kind of get to know each other a little bit in our new <laughs> uh, stages yeah. of life. Um, so I'm spending a lot of time, a lot more time with him. Um, but on my own, I'm still doing, you know, to get kind of that quiet time. Um, you know, there's days where I just kind of close the bedroom door. <laughs> and um, I like to do craft like paper crafts so I'll doodle I will color I will make cards and journal and draw and write and different things that allow me to have some you know intentional downtime where I just kind of schedule that Mm -hmm. for myself um like oh and cooking lately um I am a big shortcut cook I do not like if it has too many steps I will not do it Anybody who knows me knows not to send a recipe that has more than three steps because it will not get made. (laughs) Um, But I make so many things and so many like with shortcuts and blenders and um, choppers. So I've been spending a lot of time in the kitchen lately that I don't normally spend um, and Mm -hmm. trying a lot of new things that I wouldn't normally try. Um, My air fryer has been my biggest friend lately. Awesome. Um, Yeah. And things like things I've never put in there, like okra and asparagus and Mm -hmm. spaghetti squash. I never thought to put that in the air fryer. Um, But things (laughs) things that are so, they're so easy to make now because I can just throw them in there and then spaghetti squash takes a little longer, but a lot of the other vegetables will just take like eight minutes and I have a full plate of food. So, yeah, that's kind of how I'm spending. I guess my creative outlets are changing a little bit um, to to make up for that time. And also succulents. I have finally finally purchased plants that I did not kill. And they've lasted. I know. They've lasted like a whole two months. So, and they even have flowers. They have flowers. So. That's amazing. Way to go. I I had some succulents going. Um, they weren't as fortunate as yours, but I've repotted some of them that look like they could make it still. Um, I think I'm overwatering them, but yeah, playing in the dirt's super good. And those are all really, um, and like playing around in the kitchen, like it's all really beneficial. Like, it feels so productive. At least for me, when I do things like that, I feel like it's time well spent. Because um, sometimes for downtime, I guess, like, I love to just watch a bunch of Netflix or whatever, you know, reality TV. <laughs> and I don't always feel, after doing that, I don't always feel super great and productive. Sometimes it's nice to just rest and relax. Um, but other times it's I'm in the garden or like you said, cooking, it always feels like a good habit where you kind of feel like warm and fuzzy and motivated inside. Yes. And the garden, um, garden is so nice too. We have 
like I cleared ours out and since I haven't been able to get anything to grow really well, I filled it up with sunflower seeds and was hoping to just oh. kind of have like a really cool sunflower garden and uh -huh. the birds and the squirrels had different ideas. And um, <laughs> well, they've had a lot of food the last couple months that I've been trying to grow things, but yeah, I bet they're loving it. So I'll keep the succulents growing and you get like produce in your garden. Great. I have a bunch of arugula popping up right now, like a lot. Um, and everything's kind of in clumps because the baby helped me garden. And then the dog, you know, dumped out some of the containers. So I just swooped it all back in the best I could. And it's an interesting. Uh, it turned out pretty interesting. Yeah. But such a good way to kind of, like you said, use this time. And one of the things that, um, you know, we definitely wanted to bring up today was the not feeling productive and being okay with the slowing down. So I think you touched on that a minute ago. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that's been so hard for us as adults, because we always feel like, you know, if we're if we're giving 100% to one thing, then something else is lacking and we have all these kind of balls flying around that we can't catch them all. Mm -hmm. um, and just being okay that like, like people are, I think people are realizing now that they used to say if they had time, they'd click, they'd keep their house clean. And they're like, yeah, that wasn't the issue. <laughs> or <laughs> if they had time, they would exercise more and they're finding that's really not the issue now. Um, mm -hmm. And learning that not feeling productive is an okay thing right and it really is like to me and i have no i haven't looked into the research of this but it feels like this conditioned response of um you know even throughout adolescence like being busy 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 in school whether it's academics and then sports and then extracurriculars and kind of really always going from one thing to the next um and in school, you kind of get little breaks because you have like a winter break and a spring break and then summer break. But you move into adulthood and unless you're in that kind of structured academic calendar environment, you really just start, you kind of start working and then you don't stop or, you know, I mean, I hope that I can retire in like year 2060 or something. Um, but who knows and so until then am i if i am i never going to have time to exercise or feel organized or feel well rested until i retire because i just you know kind of move from one thing to the next and and don't feel good unless i'm really busy and then this is really forcing that shift of slowing down and being like okay well i have time i'm not going anywhere and we don't have obligations like you know i'm not attending like a bridal shower every other Sunday or something. So what do I want to do with that time? And I think now that my mind's working, I'm, I really want to like, I think I just hang out outside and it, it feels good being in the sun, but I'm not really doing anything. Like I'll just sit in my lawn chair, watch the little one play, wave to the neighbors. Um, and I feel happy, but I don't feel stressed out like I did when the world was really moving fast and I felt like I needed to make sure I worked out at this, this amount of time every single day and made sure, you know, the dishes were always done before I went to bed and the kitchen was clean <laughs> every single night. And now I'm like, oh, those things are just 
it's like this idea of what I thought I wanted. And now I realize um, that that maybe isn't what I actually want. And just kind of slowing down feels good. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things um, I think the word you used with when we spoke last was the illusion um, growing, you know, like we grew up an illusion where everything is done for us. Um, yeah. And you have to remember that you weren't the only one doing it before. Like you had, you know, we had parents that were helping us with things and we had, um, you know, other people around and teachers and friends and family and grandparents in some cases and we weren't always doing everything ourselves and now we're right. out there in the world and expect everything to be done for us and it's like or expect us to be doing everything in this idea that we were it was always done before and it really wasn't mm -hmm. exactly like you were you know we're living in someone else's home so it just wasn't our responsibility to like look up and see if the compare prices for internet or something like that like all these little things that when you're managing your own life you have to do and it all takes time um we didn't really have to do those things before yeah so now um thinking about bare minimum and like a free pass to reinvent what we um what we thought was important right what we Mm -hmm. what, what are we going to keep from this moving forward? What have we, like what we, we've just kind of the only time in our lifetime that we've had this free pass to reinvent what we want to do going forward and not waste. Um, this was your words, not wasting the suffering. And I, um, I'm kind of living by that right now. Like what can, what can we do to honor, you know, so much, there's so much loss. There's so many people that are suffering um, mm -hmm. and using this for good going forward. Um, so what are the things you think you're going to keep? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's a good discussion. Can we even keep like some of the things, some of the downtime, some of the things that we're doing, um, like we talked about the grocery store and the less stops. Mm-hmm. Some of that's very yeah. realistic going forward. Some of it might not be. Right. I definitely want to keep the, like, running to the store and doing all these kind of, like, I just was doing things a little bit haphazardly. And now being able to take a step back, I realized how much extra work I had created for myself because the, because it was assessed, like, I, I could access it. So I felt like since I could access it, I should. But now I think, oh, I just made, like, I made up that rule. And that means I can change it. Um, and so now it's like, well, if I'm in the middle of meal prepping or, you know, I'm not really the best at meal planning or meal prepping. So the fact that when I am doing it, if I don't have something and it's one more step. So then it's like one more barrier for me to cook a healthy meal for my family or plan, you know, plan that meal prep ahead of time. And so now I think, well, if I don't have it, I'm just not. I don't have it and I'm not going to inconvenience myself and cause one more step, extra step for myself to feel frustrated by when I can change that rule. And so that's definitely something I want to alter. And then also kind of connected to that is being really mindful with just how I spend my time and money. Um, and because sometimes it feels like what I would say I prioritize in my life isn't maybe what I 
what I'm showing that I prioritize in my life. Um, so an example would be like if I pri- prioritize spending time with my family and well, well-made local goods, yet I spend all of my money on mass-produced items that I, I really don't need and I probably don't really want, but I feel like I have to have because of whatever convenience it's offering me at the time. And then I work all the time to pay for those things, meaning I spend less time with my family than my priorities and what how I'm actually living aren't aligned. So I want to be able to align those so that spending time with my family and supporting um, well-made products and produce, like those are my priorities. And I want to live and reflect that in my behaviors. And so that's something that I've, I think I've done during this time that I definitely want to keep. I love that. I love that you said I make my own, I made these rules. <laughs> that's such like a, an aha moment for myself and for probably anybody listening, because I think we forget that we just go through the day to day and on a regular basis. We don't like, we feel like we have to do these things, but we're the only one that made the decision we had to. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So like when my, when my guy was little, I would make sure like after he went to sleep, I had kind of my second shift, right? That's when I would get all my work done. That's when I would clean the house. That's when I would do everything. Um, so he woke up every morning thinking the house was just miraculously spotless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he was little, but when he was little, he didn't care. Like it, he doesn't care now, but what back then <laughs> it would have been so much more valuable for me to get a good night's sleep than him mm-hmm. to wake up to a clean house because him having like a happy mom, you know, or like a resilient mom instead of just constantly feeling like I had to keep the house clean at the time. And of course, right. my own kind of rules have changed through the years. My house is a mess and I really don't care. Um, <laughs> so there's there's definitely a balance, but I've come to a point where it doesn't bother me as much. And I think there was a time when it did. Um, so I mm-hmm. really like that thought of just, you know, we are making those rules. Nobody else is doing that for us anymore. Yeah, and it's so interesting because you almost feel like I feel more pressure now than I did probably as a teenager to keep my room clean or whatever my chores were at the time. I probably slacked on or didn't think too much about it. And now it's like sometimes as adults, I think we ha- we can hold ourselves to such a high standard that it's really not fair to ourselves or um really beneficial in the long run but what about you what habits <laughs> there's my dog um what habits do you um want to keep after like moving forward through all of this uh so definitely the intentional shopping um and not just shopping but just stops and the time spent just sitting places that didn't make a whole lot of sense um mm-hmm. obviously I thought they did because that was my routine for so long um but I used to spend a lot of time in my car like answering emails and working mm-hmm. when, you know I shouldn't have been probably working at those times um I I've learned to set boundaries um through this that I hope to keep so boundaries with people and um, whether mm-hmm. it's work related or whether it is personal. Um, I've 
learn. Um, yeah, and my intentional, like we were talking about as far as the grocery store, just going back to that, the intentional groceries and then things that I'm really going to use. I notice I'm much less wasteful now than I was. Um, mm -hmm. I would go to the store and felt like I needed all of these things. But then I had, when I got home, I didn't really need them. Um, because I didn't have the time to make any of them. So a lot of things, just mm -hmm. or I didn't make the time, I should say. Um, so those are definitely going to be things that I keep going forward. And as part of those boundaries, making sure I have my downtime and my creative time that has been so valuable through this. Um, right. I definitely want to keep that. Um, and social media. So let's talk about that a minute. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned the people that, you know, there's people that I, I, when I'm setting boundaries around, they're not just real, not just people in my real life, but setting boundaries around people from afar that I've never even met before. And I feel like I suddenly have to set boundaries around. Um, so yeah, what kind of you, I know you made changes with your social media stuff. So share oh my gosh, that. Yeah. <laughs> boundaries. Like transitioning into a social media conversation is so good. I um, I think it's this interesting, social media presents this interesting dynamic that people that you know, either closely or just acquaintances, um, probably from like high school or middle school, whatever, um, all of a sudden, you know, some of their innermost thoughts and beliefs and things that you probably didn't know about them before. And that's what I found is that when I'm on social media, I was creating this story in my head about who these people were, um, not off of what I knew of them in our day-to-day -day lives, but what off of d differing opinions about what they were posting on social media. And, um, and it doesn't really matter if I'm right and they're wrong or they're right and I'm wrong. It's more about like, if I try to think if I was sitting at a, across the dinner table from this person and we had this conversation, I would not roll my eyes at whatever they said and be like, well, that person isn't very smart and I don't like them or they're mean or they're rude or all these things I was thinking. I probably would say like, oh, that's an interesting opinion. Could you explain more about that to me? Or somehow we would, in a conversation, sitting across the table from, from someone, I feel like it would be more friendly and cordial and more authentic than the story I'm creating in my head based off of how I assume they intended something. And it was making me not like people, like people that I genuinely like in my life. It was giving me this different opinion of them. And so I just had to recognize that and kind of cut it out with social media, not necessarily the people, because sometimes it's your family who um, you have differing opinions of and you're like, oh, that's interesting. They think that. And instead of getting upset or dragging out I just kind of set the boundary of like you know what I'm not going to read this stuff on here because when I when I read this it makes me feel upset so how about I just don't read it and then I don't feel upset and then I can continue my relationship with that person minus the, the social media you know internet like our friendship in the cloud or wherever so that's one of my boundaries and especially during a quarantine when people have some very visceral, very emotional and strong opinions, um, I think it's a good time to kind of step back and be like, 
wow, there's really strong opinions about that. But also there are so many people that are experiencing very, very traumatic and deep, deep pain throughout this thing that I think it's a great time to just lay a blanket of grace over everyone and say like, you know what, that's okay. I can still care about you as a human being and we don't have to agree on everything. And that's fine. Um, So that's a really long way to explain that I've just tried to kind of keep the humanity in everyone and take a step away from, you know, my iPhone scrolling through. Um, And on a sidebar of that, there's also this like illusion and probably just like I'm in that generation where I was born in 1990. So the internet came out and I kind of grew up with the internet as an adult, like as a teenager. But I also remember when it wasn't how it is now. Um, And so with the like invention of Instagram, it also promotes this like perfect life that everyone has everything figured out in this in a way to like throw a filter on it and make it beautiful. And I think that's where some of my anxiety about like keeping my house perfect and clean and decorated or whatever. I think that's where a lot of that anxiety comes from. And so if I kind of remove that and put a boundary there as well, more of a boundary for my own self, um, it's a lot easier to live in my house than to like chase around everyone in my house, trying to clean up after them and getting upset with them for living in the home and, and not expecting it to look like a house that nobody's lived at. Um, and like a magical cleaning fairy came through every 10 seconds. But so those are my boundary, newfound boundaries with social media. Um, have you had that experience with some, like, you know, with some of those social media apps? Yes. Um, and I grew up a little bit before internet was a thing. Um, and so it's really surprising. You know, it was really surprising to me anyways to see how much people on, you know, in the internet will say things that they won't say in real life. Um, yeah. And so I've done, I've done several Spartan races for an example. And I, and I have been to some CrossFit gyms and have done races in general. And when you're out there and you're with people, just massive, massive amounts of people, (laughs) they, they just help you. Like nobody looks at you about your political beliefs or your, you know, nobody stops and they're like, wait a minute, (laughs) how do you feel about this? Or they're willing to lend you a hand. And so that mm-hmm. I've been around so much positive humanity, you know, and um, to see it, those same, like those very same people online say things that are just a little bit surprising that that would come out of this. Like, I know you said mm-hmm. you have this, you know, um, what's in your head of what you, what you think about those people. And, um, you know, I feel the same way in that once you get in that space and there's all these groups, you know, that of the perfection where people post, not just on Instagram anymore, but everywhere, right. Where they just post like they're perfect to this, their perfect scenario to this mm-hmm. group. And nobody sees what led them to get there. Nobody sees the work it took to get to that so-called perfect. And they're only right. showing their highlights, you know, the highlight reel. So it's not even what's perfect. I, posted a picture of my kind of perfect in quotes fridge 
um, one time mm-hmm. after I had done a whole lot of meal prep. And I'm not much of a meal prep person, but I was really proud of my fridge at that moment. <laughs> and then right next to the fridge were my counters and my sink, mm-hmm. <laughs> like stuff everywhere. And so I made sure to take a picture of everything and be like, yes, this is what you're seeing on Instagram, but this is what my kitchen really looks like. (laughs) I think it's so important, not just, you know, body type, but also just house. And so, yeah, I've, to answer your question in a very broad way, I had to take a step back um, from a lot of groups that I was in, a lot of Instagram scrolling, and I don't scroll much anyways. Um. But a lot of that stuff, I had to kind of take a step back and really set boundaries around what I wanted to look at, kind of what I would allow. Um, So Mm -hmm. my feeds are pretty much full of food, animals, and fitness ideas. (laughs) Oh, and like photography. photography. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I pretty much just anything else that's posted I'm just unfollowing right now that I can't yeah that I can't um or or plants I'm learning more about plants um love that (laughs) but yeah I'm definitely having to to take a step back and and set those boundaries for myself just like you um but even family and friends and um like you you do you kind of want to remember them like you want to keep the vision of what's good And Mm -hmm. so, and some people say, you know, I have blinders on or that I'm, you know, you can't hide the bad, like it's still there. And Mm -hmm. I feel a little different. Like, I don't, I'm not hiding it. I don't like, I don't have this thought process that bad doesn't happen. Um, But I know it happens and what good can come from it is. So I just look at it in a different way. I love that. And I think that's kind of the example of like just finding that silver lining and the the example of the race, like the Tough Mudders or um, where people are just helping each other because you're going through this hard thing, or in this case, like a physically difficult thing to do. And, um, and everyone feels in the same boat, it builds camaraderie and people are like helping each other simply because you're there. And I think that's kind of the basics, uh, like, of humanity of how we're supposed to live is just you know lending a hand to people simply because because they are another human being and because you know it's them today and it might be you tomorrow that needs help um and i love i just thought of this quote while you were talking about it of like the and i have no idea who said it so we'll have to look it up but the line of good and evil runs through every human heart and i think it's true and it's just like um, those choices and our being intentional and, and trying, you know, really making the best decision we can with the information we have at the time. Um, and that's how you get through life. And then hopefully, if you make mistakes, you can apologize and, and move on from that. Um, but I, choosing what type of media that we want to consume it's like i think that's one of the most beautiful things you can do it's really having a mindset of like well let me see how i feel if i follow all these these accounts or read this material or listen to this music that makes me feel the emotions i want so you know i want to feel happy so i'm gonna or i want to feel inspired so i read motivational quotes 
um, and, you know, inspiring things. And then in the same way, if we're reading a lot of negative commentary about people or about situations, we're probably going to think really negatively about them. Um, and so just trying to level it out because you don't want to live your whole life feeling sad and in despair and helpless. Um, although we need certain information to survive, um, we also need um, the motivation and hope to continue moving forward. Um, yeah, and I think that comes into, um, you know, segues kind of into closing out and the kind of moving past fear. Um, no, there's another side of this and everybody is, is in this together. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there is camaraderie and because we are kind of all in this, like kind of the key, I, I feel like. Um, Absolutely. And it's weird because this time it's a global scale. You know, it's not just like certain people. It's like all across the entire world. People are being hit with this notion of change and things can change. Um, and how do we collectively work through that? Yeah. And then what, um, you know, and what, so things that I've seen good from people through this, um, you know, not only helping neighbors and, you know, people having uh, package ferries through their, through their neighborhoods and families uh -huh. setting out like, um, you know, bears and rainbows. So the kids can go on bear hunts through their <laughs> neighborhoods and, um, you know, things across social media that have been good, just, you know, and motivational. Um, so many exciting, like, new things that people are trying, you know, with the schools being closed and things being free for students and people getting to work from home and getting to learn about mm -hmm. their families and their kids and um, their spouses, hopefully, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, like... Just the, the whole dynamic of family has changed. I see when I go outside, I see entire families outside together. Um, mm. You know, entire families from kids to both parents to grandparents going for walks. And it's it's really been an empowering, like every time I walk outside, it, it's positive. And you can hear kids laughing for miles through the, you know, through the streets. Um, <laughs> it's just such a different dynamic than before when everybody was just either at work or locked in their houses um, right like just rushing from point a to point b get home and then do it all again yeah and we've seen like the um the quality of air has improved in a lot of places i know mm -hmm. in, in here the pollen the um we have an ozone thing because of the smoky mountains that comes out and it's you know we've seen I've actually been able to see the Smokies from my house on more than one occasion where you normally you wouldn't see them from this far away. Uh -huh. That's amazing. Yeah. And I know all over the world and rivers are getting cleaner and <laughs> like there's things that animals are coming out from places they wouldn't normally. Um, there's almost some things I hope wouldn't change when things go back. Yeah. And it sort of feels like to me, I just see the earth taking this like big, deep breath. Like the whole earth just took a huge collective breath and like all of a sudden, you know, nature kind of was doing its thing. And um, 
which is fun. It's really fun and it's kind of neat to just remember, like when our day-to-day structure is, you know, removed, like of what we thought we had to do. And then you look out and it's like kind of reverted back to this very basic but wholesome way of life of like people spending time with those in their proximity in that tight little family unit and everyone spending enough time with each other to get annoyed with one another, you know, instead of just having distractions from getting to know those in your own household or on your own street. It's it's really neat. Yeah. I mean, one, um, one thing I found that might be good for our future <laughs> generations <laughs> is that they're realizing right now, like my, my son is already talking about what kind of roommate he would have. Like if we you know when he goes off to college, cause he's thinking about, you know, what kind of people would I want to be quarantined with if I couldn't leave my house? <laughs> and, you know, That's I think awesome. relationships, relationships begin to change a little bit. It's, you know, people, instead of just being like, oh yeah, they're my best friend. I would, you know, I would do, I would go with them everywhere. We will do everything together and we'll get an apartment and we'll do all of these things. And then you realize I could not live with that person for one day, no matter how much I care about them. Um <laughs> So starting to and learn. that's totally okay. That's a good person yeah. to be friends with, maybe not roommates. <laughs> right. So it's just like learning yeah. about a different, you know, um, you know, different going forward. Like, what kind of job would you want to have? Could you, yeah. you know, could you continue to work from home if you had to, or um, if you know the world like uh, something in the past? Yeah. yeah. Like if, if the world had a pandemic, how would you be, you know, could you live your life? And um, so, yeah, we're learning a lot about a lot about that now so that future mm-hmm. generations, hopefully, I hope will take some of the, what they've learned with them. Because this is a huge experience that they've none of us have ever been involved in. Right. Absolutely. Nick and I were talking about that this morning about specifically future generations. So. Um, thinking about these teenagers and how how important it is to listen to them and hear their perspectives and cut, like talk to them in a certain way that recognizes that um, most commonly they're going to be here longer than we are. So if we're hand, like whatever we're going to hand down to this next generation, is it even what they want? Or like, how would they, what do they see? What do they think with their fresh eyes and fresh ears? Like thinking about that they will be the ones, you know, reaping the benefits and suffering the consequences. Um, Like the good, bad, and ugly, what do they think? And it's kind of interesting to look at it in that way. Whereas for the most part, um, I've always looked to the wisdom or the ideas of people that have already done it simply because they're more experienced. I'm like, well, what if someone that didn't have those experiences, like, and they just had maybe a dreamer mindset or a different mindset, like, what do they think? Um, and, and I don't know, but it was kind of an interesting take on, on that same thing of like different perspectives and what do all these different individuals find valuable in a roommate or a friend or community or a job. Yeah. 
Definitely. And then, um, you know, that ends up being what they see going forward. But for us, you know, even where we're at right now, the opportunity to just kind of flip it all upside down and, and embracing that change, going back to the beginning of what, um, you know, even if like we know who our people are in our circle, um, mm-hmm. you know, our celebrations may change because the people we're, we're finding who we want to be around and who we don't. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, things that things in our, in our future might shift as well. And that's right. okay. Like being okay with that change, I think is the hardest part of our generation. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you said um, the other day, adults aren't good at teaching themselves that a mistake is okay. Um, and that we can learn yeah. from it. So mm-hmm. if we're looking at our current situation, it doesn't mean it's a mistake at all. Um, but is there anything that, you know, that we want to change and now's the opportunity to do that. So I think we can provide yeah, I love that. a lot of value to ourselves and not just, um, you know, again, changing those rules for ourselves versus feeling like we're stuck. If anything, mm-hmm. this taught everybody that while you might be stuck at home, <laughs> you're not <laughs> stuck in your same patterns over and over again because this showed us that the patterns can change and they, and they almost have to. Right. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, and like, and it's kind of, like it almost feels freeing because you're like, well, this is my past. Like this is the one time where it's kind of this open door of before and after. Like what what did it look like and what do I want it to look like? Um, and I think the the part for me personally to get over is just the fear, like the fear of sticking to it and not um, being kind of like. I want to say sucked back into that, that standard, like that routine and that mindset that I had, but it's not even, it's kind of like a seductive thing. Cause at the time, sometimes when I'm busy or like, you know, in my head, I'm very um, focused on these things. And if I do this, it'll be happy that I totally abandoned the contentment part of it because it's like, I'm looking for that short term fix. And it's very like a seductive, like easy way to just, go back like go with the flow and um stay busy and do life the way that I had originally thought I was going to do it um where now I'm like okay like the scariest part of recognizing these big changes is really putting like your money where your mouth is and and sticking to it yeah so if you were to give one kind of wrap up tip um, or thought to people around anybody who's listening, (laughs) who's still listening with us. Um, And, you know, if if they're struggling with that right now, they're struggling with the change or they're struggling with what, um, you know, what they want to see for themselves. What's one kind of, doesn't have to be one, but. Yeah. Um, I think just looking at what's within your control and having the guts to rewrite the rules for yourself Um, and really identifying those things. Like there are certain things that are in your, like in control, in your control and certainly not in your control. 
example would be right now there is a pandemic across the world and we have to stay home. We're not working from home and life just does not look the way it commonly looked before this. We as individuals don't have a ton of control over that other than doing our absolute best to keep ourselves, our family, and our community safe. Um, so we can't really control that much, but we can control rewriting our rules and looking really deep within ourselves and finding what's center, what's grounding to us. And I think a hard and fast thing is like write it down. And, and then when you are starting to re-enter into the the hum of day-to-day -day life and maybe we start to forget what our three top priorities are and maybe our three top um, health behaviors or lifestyle behaviors really that we do and just making sure that they're aligned and if they're not rewrite the rules or like maybe our priorities before aren't really what they are now and so just um, finding a way to remember your priorities and remember how you want to go about them. And I heard this from Elizabeth Gilbert, who's an author. Um, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And she said on this podcast, um, just live life out of curiosity because if you have one purpose in life and you're stuck to this one purpose, it can sometimes feel like if there's a change, like does that mean your purpose changed or whatever and so it's kind of a weird word game but for me it totally worked as being like well if I'm curious about everything and I'm curious about all these differences of different purposes life can have then I am so like there's so much freedom in that to keep like searching out my purpose for this season of life and then there's going to come a next season of life and and regardless of how time changes things or circumstances change things I can always be I can always be curious, but the same purpose I had in life when I was a teenager to early 20s to now, um, it's all different. And so that can help make me feel kind of lost, but then remembering that like I get to write those rules makes me feel so free. So I think that's the one like perspective shift I would really want to encourage everyone to find is, you know, your priorities, your behaviors, what are your rules around around them? And then ask yourself why and and go on from there feeling fulfilled and curious to learn more, curious for change. Um, at least it's worked for me so far. <laughs> um, and I hope like that's really what I'm trying to focus on moving through this season of life. So if that changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> what would, <laughs> what would you say? Um, so yeah, I was going to say non-negotiables, which is pretty, um, pretty spot on with what you had mentioned and, um, finding what your non-negotiables are that yeah. your new, your new non-negotiables, um, based on where you're at right now. And again, the season, um, and writing those down is what I was going to suggest as well. Yeah. And then you can always reference those and kind of make those non-negotiables your center um, mm -hmm. to where when you start to get too far away from that, to be able to look at those in a central location and be like, oh, wait a minute, I didn't live by that today. Or, um, you know, and try to find a way to get back to those 
spaces when you get too far gone. Now that we're, we have the opportunity to really define those, um, we can probably utilize them a little better later. And we'll notice like as we get back into the hustle and bustle of everything, um, how fast we can kind of forget what that is. And so having it somewhere is yeah. and that being your balance, if you're, st if you're standing on a scale <laughs> um, <laughs> to get yourself balanced. And um, the final, my, my final thought on that same topic is um, having like three, when you do write things down, having three different buckets, um, things that you can control uh, things that you can't control and things that are kind of in the center. Um, mm -hmm. The things you can't control, you just, you can't let them take over your thoughts. So you know that if they're on that list, it's something that, um, yeah, we can't, we can't um, stay in that space, like understand it, feel it, the things you can't control, like the fear, um, of things happening around us, go like allow yourself to feel that, but allow yourself to move past it. So if it's in that first column, mm -hmm. we move past it very quickly because we can't do anything about it. Um, mm -hmm. And then the other column being more about, um, you know, what we can control. And so, what in my day do I want to work towards? And that could be, you know, it could be the food, it could be sleep, it could be hydration or exercise or spending more time with my family or. Um, you know, saying no to things is another really good one. Yes. <laughs> so being okay saying no to things because you're saying yes to other things. Um, so in the I can control, um, you know, one of the things that falls in the I can't control is sometimes all of the, all of the events and, you know, well, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to be there and I have to be here. But do you really? And how much of that mm -hmm. can really go in the I can control column? And being okay saying no to some of that going forward. Um, yes, that's so good. Um, and mm -hmm. that is the key of really embracing any kind of change, no matter what happens in our life. Um, we've learned everybody has learned in one way or another that life whammies happen. <laughs> Sometimes they're yeah. worldwide, worldwide whammy, and sometimes it's just a little something in our house. Um, but they happen, and how we handle that change, no matter what it is, is what will make or break us. Right. And finding at the end, like when the change has settled, like being inspired by that resiliency that grows. Um, and I love it. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much. Um, yes. Thank you. Well, thank you, Megan. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for our very first Plant Vibe podcast, where we definitely did cover a little bit about growth, a little bit about intention, and definitely finding those flowers in the weeds. So we will share more soon. Until then, be well, stay safe. And remember, you are worth every bit of happiness you can create for yourself. Talk to you soon.